Hello, and welcome to Health and Fitness Redefined. I am your host, Anthony Amen. Join me today as we take a dive into the world of health and fitness, where we learn how to overcome adversity, depict fact versus fiction, and see health and fitness in a whole new light. Today, we have a special guest, Jesse, on the show. For those that don't know Jesse, well, she owns a bakery, and some might be asking right now, you know, why are you having a bakery on a health and fitness show? That's interesting. The reason being is because she actually has a gluten-free bakery and has an amazing story about why she started it. And I don't want to spoil anything to my audience, but you guys are in for a treat. Haha, <laughs> puns. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Jesse. Thank you for having me here. So good to have you here. So you own Catalina Bakery. You do this on YouTube. You said you've been doing this for about five years, which is awesome. And the theme of your or Catalina Treats, the theme of it is gluten-free. So why don't you explain to us about why five years ago you decided, hey, it's time to start baking some awesome treats and put it all on YouTube all about gluten-free. I started the bakery because I personally have hypothyroidism and I've um, searched for some good gluten-free products and they don't always taste the best. And so I wanted some stuff that was really delicious that I could share with anyone and everyone that didn't taste like a typical gluten-free product. And so I started making up my own recipes and um, probably my favorite thing still to date is my first recipe that I made and that's gluten-free snickerdoodles and they're awesome. <laughs> wow. And so I, <laughs> I started making those, um, and we, we started going to shows and fairs and um, farmer's market type things and started selling those and, and just started really building up more and more recipes and um, had requests from people and just started doing more and more, and I love it. It's, it's fun. It's like... Um, trying to crack the code you know, on what's going to work and what's not going to work and, and being a playing chemistry all the time. <laughs> I got to be honest to everybody here right now. I got banned from my parents' house from baking because it's <laughs> so sciencey and I always try to make things healthy and um, it'd be usually unedible. So <laughs> I'm no longer allowed to bake. I cook all the time because now you can just kind of throw everything together in a pot. Baking is way too much of a science for me. Yes, it's, it's really fun. And I've had some pretty good disasters too, but overall everything's come out pretty good. So my husband loves it. He's, he's my taste tester. And so he gets to try everything that I make and, and he loves it all. And um, about a year ago, he's, he's loves cheeseburgers. That's his favorite thing on the planet is cheeseburgers. And he had, he won't admit the exact number. I think it was four or five in a week. Very um, overdose on cheeseburgers. And then his, his, he broke out with eczema, just all over broke out, all over his body. And so we tried for a few months to see what the cause of that was. And we narrowed it down to gluten, gluten intolerance. And so now he's really happy about having the bakery and um, having these, all these gluten-free options and we're making more and more. 
and um, I've got a 30 flavor chia challenge that I'm making dis- different recipes with chia, and that's a lot of fun. <laughs> I just made a chia bread, so <laughs> like chia seeds, you're all using? kinds of pasta. Yeah, chia seeds and making chia pudding, and um, I made cold slaw with chia, and it's that's a great little feed. So there's there's all kinds of things out there that are gluten free that are really good and really good for you that just um, aren't that mainstream, you know. Well, chia is now, but but they're not like promoted as gluten free. It's really funny. The episode before this is all about fiber. For those that remember, I went on a complete 25 minute rant talking about it. Chia seeds are my favorite additive to everything because they are so high in fiber and they go in pretty much everything. Yes. So love that you said that. And everyone's going to go back and listen to that last episode about fiber and say, oh my gosh, I'm making smoothies and now adding chia seeds to all of them. Well, my my next post will be uh, chia mojito. <laughs> a chia mojito? What is a chia yes. mojito? It's just, um, I, I made it alcohol-free, so it's pineapple juice, honey, um, lime juice, and chia, and cement. <laughs> I'm so intrigued. <laughs> I'm going to have to go to Arizona and now try some chia mojito. (laughs) All on YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's awesome. So you said yourself you got diagnosed with hyperthyroidism. How long ago did you get that diagnosis? Oh, how many years is it now? Probably 30 years. What was your initial reaction? I think I was 18. Well, my grandmother on one side and my grandfather on my on the other side of my family was both had really bad thyroid hypothyroid, and um, I I had heard stories about what they had gone through. My grandfather had vertigo so bad that he had to walk downstairs backwards. Wow! And my grandmother would get so exhausted and just pass out basically, and I don't know how much they were treated for their hypothyroidism um, and how how much knowledge there was back then. Um, I was on Lavoxyl and Cytomel T3 and T4 for many, many years. I kind of took myself off of that because ironically those, as from, from the research that I've done, those actually have gluten in them. The pills actually have gluten in them. So <laughs> I've got on to, to natural thyroid now and I do feel a lot better. Awesome. And yeah, has your thyroid been under control with the uh, new approach you've been taking? It's better. It's definitely better. I feel more energy. Um, and I, I don't think that I have as much, as many as the symptom of the symptoms that I've had before, but I can do better. And um, I know that one of the things that, that I think would be, is beneficial for me and would be even more beneficial the more time I have to spend on it as weightlifting. Why do you say that? Because of the anti-inflammatory benefits of weightlifting. And so I think that, that the more that I can do, um, the stronger it'll make the thyroid because if I'm lifting weights 
and losing weight, then my thyroid has less to work that it has to do. Yeah. I mean, I, I know before the show, you wanted me to talk a little bit about weightlifting and hypothyroidism, how to relate. And you're not alone. I have many of clients that have hypothyroidism. And the truth of the matter to make not go way too sciencey and bore everybody right now and so everyone falls asleep <laughs> <laughs> would be in general when the difference between weightlifting and cardio, and I know I've talked about this before, they both burn calories. Each one will burn a set amount of calories based upon your intensity and time you are doing that activity. But weightlifting actually is way better to do more than cardio because cardio you burn it for that set of time than a few hours afterwards. What happens with weightlifting is you're not building muscle in a gym. That's a very common misnomer. You're not going there and saying, oh, my biceps grew because I did uh, 10 bicep curls right now. What's actually happening is what you said is that's your inflammatory response. When you're working a muscle, what's actually happening is your muscle's tearing. You're getting these micro tears all through the fascia. And then over time, your body's saying, oh my gosh, that load ripped that muscle up. Let me rebuild this back bigger and stronger. And that usually was within 48 hours after weightlifting. So in general, from a weightlifting session, you're going to burn calories at a higher rate for the next two days because your body's repairing your muscle. And now you have more muscle on your body. The more muscle you have on your body, the more calories required to keep that muscle on your body. So your metabolic rate is skyrocketing based upon how much muscle you have in your body, depending on how much fat. Because they both burn calories at rest the muscle burns way more calories and rest than fat does. And I hope that wasn't too sciencey, but. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Reason being, you see weightlifters and they're eating five, 6,000 calories a day. I mean, that's an extreme example, but because their body's burning it. I roughly eat 3,500 calories a day because I'm burning it. You just constantly need that nutrition and that protein because I'm constantly burning at a higher rate because I have so much more muscle on my body. And that's gonna be the same true for everybody. The more we get people involved in the weightlifting, and if you have hyperthyroidism, the more beneficial weightlifting will be. With the gluten-free diet, if you have celiacs or <laughs> any issues going on. <laughs> yes, yes. And it's, um, I, feel, I feel a lot more energized when I do lift weights. And I think that that's, a big key, you know, to, to the diet and the weightlifting combine. I think that that's just awesome. And, um, do you have videos out about how, how to like the mechanics of lifting weights? Do you have anything on that, that, that I can send people to, to show them the, the proper form and stuff? We do not, but we do all one-on-one -on -one training at our facility, but this podcast, if you guys are curious, Take a look at the other episodes because we break down. I have power lifters on my show. I talk to the CEO of Spartan on my cool. show. And we get into the nitty gritty of everything. And there's so much free information out on YouTube that you can pretty much just Google anything at this point and get an answer. But I do recommend if you need the guidance, if you need the extra help, hire a trainer, get someone experienced in the field because you don't want to hurt yourself and you don't want to do the wrong thing and waste your time on the flip side. So it's important to find someone experiences with every field so that knows what they're talking about so you can get the most out of it. 
And that's how I feel across the board with everything. Talk to people that know. You're not going to go to your friend and say, hey, I had the flu. How can I treat this? Now you're going to go to the doctor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> so talk about how you guys made that connection. I know you were talking about with your husband with eczema. How did that connection come about that it was gluten? What, what did you do to figure it out and kind of get that understanding of it? We did a lot of elimination, you know, at first. We did a lot of taking out um, certain foods, certain products that we were using. The first thing that we thought of was maybe it's like a laundry soap, you know. Okay. And um, then other things that he would, other things that he was eating, we were, um, you know, having like, like another particular type of food and thought maybe that that was causing it if we were eating something new that we hadn't been eating. And, and so taking this out because he was in denial basically for a long time. It's not cheeseburgers. <laughs> so finally we had to come to that. And, and after about probably a week and a half, we could see that the eczema was just going away and, and that it was definitely gluten. And again, I'm not giving medical advice. I'm, I'm not a doctor, but I, from the research that I've done, the gluten can really damage the lining in your intestines and really cause problems with um, the gut microbiome. And, and I believe that that's what was happening with him is that he was, he had ingested so much at one particular time and to make it even worse, you know, but um, that it was trying to fight it off. It couldn't process the gluten correctly. And so it would come out on his skin. And um, he, he had a hard time for a long time. So we're really glad that we found that this is an actually a really easy fix. You know, it's, it's, if you're vigilant and you read your labels and stuff, it's not hard to find substitutes and it's not hard to find some good stuff. There are more and more things every day that are good gluten-free products. And so we're happy to be able to find those. And living in Arizona, as you know, you've been here, really good Mexican food <laughs> that's made with corn tortillas and rice. Don't get so. me started with Mexican food. It's my favorite. <laughs> I'm getting married, and the one thing we requested from the venue is they have a live-action guacamole station. Because we're awesome. both obsessed <laughs> with Mexican food. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Love me some avocados. Can't go wrong with that. Absolutely. They're the best. <laughs> How's your husband's eczema now? Clear. Gone. Awesome. He had one tiny little breakout, and I believe that that was from taking um, some over-the-counter um, he had he hurt his back and so he was taking some um like an anti-inflammatory and i think that that pill had gluten in it so wow yeah you you and it's something that we just have in our house you know not ever thinking about it but got to read every label if you're dealing with this celiac disease that kind of stuff you know you just got to read every label yeah, I agree. Those suffering is celiac. I, I feel bad for it. I am a huge gluten person. I don't think I, I tried it once for two weeks. 
miserable. <laughs> but God bless those people that do it. <laughs> if you had my snickerdoodles, you would not be miserable. <laughs> I don't eat sweets. That's the issue. Ah, yeah. I don't like sweets at all. So, but it's just, I love cooking and I'm Italian. And you're going to tell me to eat gluten-free pasta? I've tried chickpea pasta, red lentil pasta, spinach pasta. It's not the same. No? No. I haven't tried a lot of the pastas. I, I do things like, you know, um, make it with, um, make spaghetti with, with um, zucchini. Or I make some really, really good enchiladas with cabbage instead of tortillas. It's really good. And I've made lasagna with cabbage instead of noodles. I know it's like, it's, it's like not supposed to be done, but... <laughs> Break the norm. That's what this is all about anyway. <laughs> I want to get a little bit into about your other hobby and thing you do, because I'm a huge fan of it. To be completely honest, I'm not going to beat around the bush in this one. I love Tai Chi. <laughs> so why don't you tell me a little bit about why you do Tai Chi, why it's important for everybody, and give me your awesome perspective about why you teach it. I teach Tai Chi because it is so beneficial to anyone, everyone that participates with it, and it's beneficial to those that don't, because the people that are practicing Tai Chi are happier <laughs> and um, well-balanced. So I got into it because um, I, I saw that there was a need for it in my community. There's a lot of people that teach yoga and a lot of people that teach different fitness type things, but um, Tai Chi was very limited here. And, and I, I teach at my, the local college here. What I teach is specific for fall prevention and arthritis. And I'm pretty amazed at the reports that I've got back, gotten back from my students about how much better they feel. And I have some fairly elderly students. They come in on a walker at the beginning of class and start out practicing Tai Chi in a chair and not really being able to stand. And they really gain a lot of strength. And um, a couple of people have told me that they feel so much better mentally, they feel better physically, and they are more well, and they are better balanced. They, they feel like they're, more in control of their body, which is the ultimate, right? <laughs> That's really I, what I you want. I have a story for you. I've, uh, the reason I started learning about Tai Chi, I used to work at a big box gym, and there was a woman that used to teach it. And I just picked her brain one day. I was like, hey, why, why do you teach Tai Chi? And she goes, well, well I have MS. I said, no, you don't. She's like, oh, yeah, I've had MS for like 15 years. There's no way. You have no signs of MS. She goes, yeah, look at my finger. And her finger is barely moving up and down a little bit. I was like, well, what medication do you take? Oh, I don't take medication. So I was just blown away by this aspect. She told me her story. She got diagnosed with MS about 20 years ago. And she did the whole traditional route, took a bunch of medication, was still getting worse and worse and worse, was losing control over her body. So... Someone recommended her she tries Tai Chi. And she started taking Tai Chi along with the medication she was continuing. 
and started noticing she was able to have more control over her own body. And over time, she became so good at it and so obsessed with it because it was still helping herself. She was able to get off her medication, continues to teach Tai Chi three days a week to this day, and has barely any real signs of MS. I'm not going to sit here and say this is a cure for MS because it's not. Because ultimately, it will take its course. But it's something to help make those symptoms that don't have to be a part of every day is a great example to put it. You can make them more tolerable. And my theory behind why Tai Chi works is something you were saying. It's that mind to muscle connection. What I've learned through personal training is let's say take a chest fly, for example. A simple movement is supposed to hit your chest. I've had many a client tell me they feel it in their legs or they don't understand how this is a chest workout. And it's because they never exercised before. So they never built that neural connection from their brain to their chest to know how to contract that specific muscle. So they technically don't really have conscious control over that muscle. And they learned that through weightlifting, which is something Tai Chi teaches people. It learns how to move and contract muscles consciously instead of being an unconscious thing. And that's why I believe it helps a mess because if you can learn how to control your muscles through a conscious effort, the same way our breathing can be conscious or unconscious, we have the choice over it, we can do that with our muscles and we can learn how to contract them, expand and contract at will instead of just based off of impulses. Absolutely, yeah, that is so fascinating. And I think that the breathing, like you said, you know, that's one of the most important important parts of practicing Tai Chi is controlling your breathing. And and the benefits that that has for you in learning how to breathe can just be a life changer. So much benefit for um, people with depression and anxiety and um, just really changing your mindset, changing your focus and, and um, like changing your state. You know, you're focused on your body. You're focused on, on how you are controlling your movement and not just taking it for granted. And, and it's, it's liberating, <laughs> really. It is. And a story for you, because I'm very open for my audience to understand, is I, I, obviously we're all human. We all fight with people. We all get those, those arguments where we're just like, your blood pressure boils, you're so angry, and you start really losing control of your temper. Not necessarily physical, but you start really verbally yelling and being aggressive verbally. I started meditating a couple of years back and something I learned, which I learned in the middle of an argument, which is crazy, but for the first time in my life, after I started meditating, I realized that I was getting out of control, was able to take a step back, take a deep breath and gear towards that breathing exercises I was working on and control myself and that temper disappeared. And from wow. that point two years ago, I have never lost my cool because I continue breathing exercises and I have now more control over how I react to certain situations because breathing helps your, you mentally. There's more and more research showing how beneficial breathing is for a neurochemistry. I was just listening to a neurochemist on another show explaining this, how certain breathing exercises can 
trigger either adrenaline rushes, and we can learn how to control those adrenaline rushes through breathing, which helps take more control of our stress in our lives. And then on the flip side, you look at people like Wim Hof. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. I love him. He's awesome. Exactly. Taking breathing and then having an understanding you can use your breath to take your body to the next level where you're not going to experience pain to the necessary point you normally would. And you can push your body to the next level. But how important breathing is and having control over your breath, even to a simple scenario, like I said, about just arguing, can be way beneficial for you and greatly reduce stress levels and anxiety. Yes. Yeah, and they call Tai Chi standing meditation. And, and that's, why that's I love one it. thing that I love. <laughs> <laughs> I love it because I'm six foot tall and I don't have to get down on the floor and back up again like I did with yoga, you know, up and down, up and down, up and down. I'm just standing and I'm feeling the benefits to that. Um, one thing, have you ever heard of the mortar march? No. There's a few videos on that. And you're, you're standing in this position and breathing and it activates the vagus nerve and it has so many benefits and it's so good for for anxiety and depression it's just amazing how much we can control with our breathing that we're not taught in nor under normal circumstances we're not taught to take control of that and um use breath and use gratitude which is another big biggie for me is um getting into that state of of breathing and relaxation and gratitude yeah i, I definitely definitely agree with you on that that's interesting so tai chi for those that are curious is definitely something worth checking out i highly recommend it i'm sure jesse does too because she teaches it <laughs> Do you yes, do it virtually very right much. Now, or do you do it? I haven't been. Um, I'm I'm planning on on setting up a course, but I haven't gotten there yet. Well, you're gonna let Soon. me know so I can let my audience know to absolutely follow you on Tai Chi. And then there was one other point I wanted to kind of bring up with you. You were asking me a little bit in the pre-show is you have a bilateral compartment syndrome, which is something I told you I'm not completely familiar with, but why don't you talk to us a little about how that affected your life and what exactly it is, because I'm sure a lot of people like myself don't know, and talk about that for a little bit. I love to go out walking. I would love to be a runner. <laughs> and um, I have tried it's been about about 10 years that um i will go for a walk and it might be 10 steps it might be a mile it might be never i get excruciating pains in my lower legs and um and then the the outside of my legs will start to harden up and it just feels like it's like hard as a rock. And if I if I stop walking, the pain stops. The swelling doesn't stop, but the pain will stop. And um, so so some days it wouldn't happen at all. Other days, like I said, it's just, you know, variety of how far I can walk, how fast I can walk. And 
even if I'm walking at a very, very slow pace, sometimes it'll still be really painful. And so I dealt with this for so long, not knowing what was going on, not knowing how to treat it, trying all different kinds of things. And um, finally was diagnosed with bilateral compartment syndrome and exertional compartment syndrome. And um, given options of surgery to go in and cut the fascia and the benefit of that would be very little and it would grow scar tissue and still, I've, I knew a couple of people that have had that done and they still had problems. They still weren't able to function at ultimate, like they, like they were, you know, in their past before this, um, before they were diagnosed. The other option was Botox inject, injection. And I, I think that that might have some benefit to it, but um, that was, far away from me and not really an avenue that I wanted to go down, but it may have benefits. I know it has a lot of benefits for migraines as well. The other thing that I can do, but it has to be regular, is um, myofascial release. And I know a couple of myofascial release therapists, and that does really help, but it's, it, has to be, it has to be a continual thing. So um, I have come to the conclusion that diet does have a lot to do with it. And the less inflammation that I have, the better off I am. But um, I never know. I try to go walking every morning, and sometimes I step out the door and I step right back in because I can't go very far. <laughs> wow. So uh, tell us what is, what is it? What happens? It's swelling. It's swelling of the fascia. So the fascia is between your skin and the muscle. And it's like a white um, kind of a film that covers your whole body. And it will just start to swell. And like I say, don't know why, don't know for how long. <laughs> so intriguing. It's something I've, I've, like I told you, I've never really heard of, but I'm curious to get more information for you on it. Because I'm sure there's, like you it's, said, other people that suffer from it. It's mainly in elite athletes, which I am not, <laughs> but that's, that's mainly the people that suffer with it, or at least who is diagnosed with it. So it's kind of a mystery. Like I said, I've, I went to many, many doctors and tried for a long time to get a diagnosis. And um, finally, an, an osteopath was the one that was diagnosed. I looked up my symptoms on the internet for years and years and years finally found something and kind of told them this is what i think is happening and they confirmed it i love osteopaths i don't know if you know that my whole family is them so shout out to all my dios out there awesome <laughs> <laughs> well jesse it's been an honor we have talked about gluten-free treats and people can find you at catalina treats on youtube I'm going to put a link in the show notes for everyone to take a look and follow you on there. We've talked about Tai Chi and how it's the way to be. I just like the fact that it rhymes. Talked about bilateral <laughs> compartment syndrome. But before we go, just a quick 30 seconds on you said you do something with your psychic. I am. I do psychic readings. <laughs> That's awesome. What kind of psychic readings do you do? 
I do mainly like um, just energy clearing and I can, I can do over the phone or over Zoom or whatever I have done all over the country. And um, it's, it's mainly to clear energy and to try to bring in new energy. I'm very into feng shui and this is kind of like feng shui for yourself instead of for your house. So <laughs> kind of letting go of old stuff and um, creating some new, some new things in your space. Want to give us a little example on the show for all of our audience listening? Because we've got a lot of listeners. So let's all clear some energy, if that's okay with you. <laughs> yeah, well, let me tell you, the, the thing that comes up the most in almost every reading, the thing that comes up is um, people need to be have more vitamin D. That's usually number one. And um, they need to be doing exercises where they're lifting their hands over their head which is so fascinating to me because when you lift your hands over your head, you're kind of breaking through that, that spiritual barrier right there. You're kind of, I don't know if it's breaking through your aura or what, but lifting your hands over your head is really giving you another, taking you into another state. And so I really, really try to get people to do weightlifting where they're lifting their hands over their head. And um, the other thing that comes up is that people need more magnesium. And there's a couple of different brands that, that you can take at night. You can just put it in water and drink it, and it'll help you sleep. But it also helps with to relax the muscles. And um, that I think that that whole combination, if, if everybody would just add those three things into their lives, I think it would be very beneficial. And then do some Tai Chi. <laughs> and eat gluten-free. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of Health and Fitness Redefined. Don't forget to subscribe to our show and join us next week as we dive deeper into this ever-changing field. And remember, fitness is a journey, not a destination. Thanks so much for coming on, Jesse. It was a pleasure. Thank you.